0: Our scripture is from 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17, the servant life. I thank you Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me faithful appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of the sinners Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience. As an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, only God be honored for the be honored in glory forever and ever. Amen.
1: All right. Well, before we dive into today's message, why don't we just kind of take a walk through all these papers? in your uh, bulletin today. How many of you by a show of hands would say that you're a uh, you're a rip the bandaid off type of person? Anyone? Uh, How many of you just tear it off as slowly as possible? Anyone do that? (laughs) See? Most of us know where it's at. You rip the band-aid off. And that's what we're doing today with paperwork. Okay, So once a year on Servant Sunday, we kind of just take an opportunity to update some things. And so this is an opportunity for us to to do that. So let me just kind of share some things with you. Now the first thing that you probably have in your bulletin is a new sort of thing. And that is, it says Cypress Street Texts. Texts. And so what we're going to do with that is it's just going to help us communicate better from uh, the, the office and from church leadership to uh, get the word out about stuff that's going on, uh, events or news, you know, like hopefully not this one, but like when the church flooded, you know, the opportunity to send everyone a text on Sunday morning and say, don't come if something went wrong or whatever. So it's a way for us to get a hold of people easily. And, uh, and so we've signed up for this messaging service. Uh, it also allows us to, it'll send the text as an email if you don't have a, a, a text messaging service, so we can set you up separately. But if you have a, a phone that you can uh, you know, use to get on the internet, that kind of thing, you know, one of those smartphones, uh, if you have something like that, you can text Cypress, the word Cypress, to 84576, or you can use your camera to scan that code, and it'll get you a link that will let you sign up you get put in your name, you can put in an email if you want to, and then there's a whole bunch of like subgroups, you know, like prayer requests or uh, different ministries that if you're a part of those or you want to be a part of those, then you can, uh, you know, add yourself to receive those messages as well. So, this is just something we're trying out to see if we can get better at communication, and that's what that's about. And if it, at any point you don't like the text messages we're sending out, you can just reply, stop and it all stops I'm assured that that's how it works so, so that's what that one is uh, we also have this paper our church directory uh, we like to keep everyone's information up to date as best we can so if you wouldn't mind filling that out with any information you'd like to, be able, uh, to share with our church then uh, go for it if you feel like none of your information has changed since the last time you fill it out you can take that gamble and, uh, but anyway this is an opportunity for you to update us on that Uh, If you've got one that says leader recommendation, 2019 leadership recommendations, uh, every year at this time of year, uh, we get ready for our business meeting, our annual business meeting that will take place in October, and part of that involves nominating leaders to serve in leadership roles in our church, and we nominate leadership team members and business team members each year. And our leadership team, you know, to put it simply, our leadership team uh, gives kind of overall direction and spiritual leadership to our church. Our business team focuses on facilities and finances and things like that, rental properties, whatever issues that we've got going on with that. And so uh, we nominate leaders for that. You'll see a list of people who are currently still serving terms and uh, we have some people who are coming off of their terms but are still eligible to be back on there. So, uh, for instance, James Vickery's term is up on the leadership team. However, if he were to say yes, he would be eligible for another term if he was nominated and and willing to do that. So you're welcome to suggest his name or uh, anyone else's there that you see fit. On the business team side, Nancy Elmore and Marlon Mitchell's terms Uh, Are up, but they're both eligible for another term. And so if you would like to see them, you can put their names down. If you've got other people you think ought to get involved, you can put their names down. So it's just, we're looking for suggestions from you of who would be good to serve on these teams. And so that's what that's about. And we ask that you get that into us as soon as possible. Uh, One last form is the, uh, I call it the servant survey. So this has just a whole bunch of areas in our church uh, where you can serve. I'm going to try and highlight a few of those uh, towards the end of my message today. But this is just for you to say, here's where I'm already serving, or here's somewhere I'd be interested in serving, or uh, even here's where I may need to take a break, that kind of thing. It just helps us keep up to speed on what what you're doing and how you're feeling about it and what you'd be interested in uh, doing around here. So that's what those are. I know that's a lot to cover. Uh, If you've got circles after this, we're going to try and allow you some time in there to finish filling these forms out. Uh, You're also welcome to stick around in here after church until you've got it done, if that helps. Um, You know, if you you must, fill it out. If the sermon gets boring, you know, that's an option. It's an option for you. Just grab a pen. But... uh, Anyway, it'll help us out a lot. and you can either uh, give those to your circles leader after church today, or you can uh, drop, you can leave it filled out on your pew. We'll pick an usher will pick it up, uh, you can drop it by the office, uh, whatever works best for you. We thank you for uh, ripping the band-Aid off with us on that. So Servant Sunday is becoming sort of an annual tradition where we spend a week of focusing on Uh, service and heating up this value that was so important to Jesus that he harped on it and said that if you want to be the greatest in his kingdom you must become as a servant you must think of others serve others not just serve yourself and so this is a week where we uh, look at that value that we ought to be people and we ought to be known as people in our jobs and in our homes and at church, as people who are quick to serve, quick to roll our sleeves up and get our hands dirty in service to others. And so that's one thing that we try and talk about, about once a week, I mean once a year, right? sometimes once a week. And, uh, and so we, we do that and we also try and celebrate people who are doing that well amongst us. And so this is that day. Of course, Jesus offers us the example of the ultimate servant, right? And, and in a world where we tend to think of people as either either you're confident, bold, large and in charge, powerful, and people serve you, or you're a servant and you, you, know, you serve other people and you're kind of timid and, and uh, you, know, you, you're not, you don't have much power, you don't have much authority, so you serve under someone else. That's the mindset of the world still to this day. I mean, you're either the boss or the guy under the boss, right? We just, we divide it up that way. And then you have Jesus, who's so bizarre because here's a guy who, uh, you know, was not the least bit intimidated by the powers of this world. He stared empires down, right? And dared them to do their worst, and yet uh, was such a servant to even the lowliest person. He turns all of our notions about these things upside down. And he proves that true humility has nothing to do with where you rank in society or what position you hold. Jesus saw himself, if you think about it, and based on his words, he saw himself as ranking above everything in heaven and earth. That's pretty bold. He saw himself as, as the one whom God gave authority over everything. And yet, he didn't use that position for his own glory, but used it to serve others in humility. So you can apparently be the most powerful person in the universe and still be humble. And you can be the least powerful person and still be prideful. And we're the people who follow the servant, Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you about one of the first people that followed the servant, Jesus Christ. A man who was an elite. A man who saw himself as powerful and used his power boldly. And we could say without a lot of humility until Jesus got a hold of him and began to do a work in his heart and in his life. And we know this guy as the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle Paul was, uh, is one of the most famous Christians of all time, right? He, his story is famous. He was persecuting Christians, killing them, dragging them off to prison. He was doing all this. And then, all of a sudden, he has this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He has this encounter with this brilliant light, blinding light, all around. It changed his whole life. And all of a sudden he was a follower of this same Jesus whom he had been persecuting, his followers. And so his story is famous, and then he becomes this great leader in the church. He becomes this famous apostle. He wrote so many of the letters that are contained in our New Testament. And and the book of Acts contains so many stories of his missionary ministries across the Roman world at that time, spreading the good news of Jesus. This man was, at the same time, extremely bold and a powerful leader, a leader of people. And yet, at at the same time, he was so humble as to be willing to suffer greatly for the cause that he believed in and for the chance to share the good news with others. He took beatings. Uh, he, he was whipped. He was stoned. Time and again, he went to prison. He suffered mightily. He, he did not take pay. He was not one of those, um, you know, traveling preachers that goes around trying to earn a few bucks and live in the good life. No, he... He was destitute. He never asked for money. He worked his own way, paid his own way so that people would know when they saw this servant with stripes on his back and with nothing to his name except Jesus, then they would know that the gospel was real. This is the the famous Apostle Paul. But I want to take you on a little bit of a journey with him. We're going to look at four of his letters that were written over about a ten year time span from very early in his ministry to the later time period of his ministry. From one of the first letters that he wrote to a church to one of the last. And, and I think what's neat about it is that we begin to see that no one shows up as a Christian with it all put together looking just like Jesus. But if you follow Jesus... You change over a period of time. You're transformed. And many of us have experienced that in our own Christian life or we've seen it in somebody else. And we can testify to God's goodness in that. And and the Apostle Paul is just such a great example. So, the first thing I want to take you to is a letter that he wrote to some people in Galatia. And they believe this was written, you know, early 50s, like 51, 52 A.D. That's not, but maybe 20 years after Jesus had died and resurrected and the Apostle Paul has been taking the, the gospel all over the Roman Empire and this was one of the places where there was a group of believers and the Apostle Paul is writing to them and you can almost hear some kind of, I hate to say it but a little bit of pride in the Apostle Paul's voice not completely humble here I mean, think, look at what he says. He says, as for those who were held in high esteem, he's talking about the other apostles, the, the leaders of the church at that time. Uh, whatever they were makes no difference to me. <laughs> God does not show favoritism, and they added nothing to my message. For God, who was at work, and Peter, who was clearly one of the leaders from the very beginning as an apostle to the circumcised, to the Jews was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles and then he even tells this story he said when Cephas, that's another name for Peter when he came to Antioch I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned and he tells this story about how Peter came and wasn't acting right and Paul had to straighten him out and it's just this interesting story it's like yep yep I'm kind of big stuff you know Peter's got nothing on me and uh, so this is in the early days of the Apostle Paul's ministry and we get this side of him but then fast forward a couple years just a couple years and we read a letter to the Corinthians and the Apostle Paul shares let me read before we read this verse up here let me share with you he's sharing this creed that historians believe this creed that the Apostle Paul included in his letter dates back to within just a couple of years after Jesus' death and resurrection. The the eyewitnesses of the death and resurrection of Jesus would have put together this creed and would have taught it to the first believers including Paul. And it said this. He said, for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. And here's The creed that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he adds this, he says, Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born, and he's talking about his unusual experience of encountering Jesus. That he was persecuting Jesus, and then on his way to persecute those Christians, Jesus appeared also to him. And listen to what the Apostle Paul said. He said, For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect no I worked harder than all of them yet see him hold himself in check yet not I but the grace of God that was in me and you can already hear his tone changing can't you from you know those pillars of the church whatever they were those held in high esteem you know they added nothing to me (laughs) and then here a couple years later I'm the least of the apostles fast forward a few more years and we have his letter to the Ephesians and he said I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people this grace was given to me to preach the Gentiles to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ so we've gone from yeah they've got nothing on me (laughs) To, I'm the least of the apostles. And now a few years later, I'm the least of all God's people. You see the development of Paul taking place. And then we have his letter to Timothy. At the end of his life, as he's passing on the baton to a young minister who he was a mentor to. He reminds Timothy, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was poured out on me. Then he said this. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul raises his hand. Of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now some people have read that and said, look, even the Apostle Paul was living in sin. And I don't think that's at all what he was saying when we consider the context. What he's saying is if God can rescue someone like me from sin if God can save somebody like me the worst of the worst then he can save anybody but what's amazing about this to me is the humility shown over the course of this 10 year period approximately where the apostle Paul goes from yeah Peter's got nothing on me those guys they didn't add anything to my I had to line Peter out alright y'all <laughs> and he went from that to you know I'm the least of the apostles to I'm the least of all God's people and then finally at the, towards the end of his life I'm the worst of the sinners and if God can do a work in me he can do a work in anybody there's this bold statement Not too many people dare to say the Apostle Paul said once in the middle of his ministry. In fact, it's in that same letter where the Apostle Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles. It was just kind of the second letter that we looked at of these four. And in that letter, Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's a pretty bold statement. Not too many people would dare to say that. But imagine if you had. Imagine if you had followed Paul's example. If you knew him when he wrote to the Galatians and you started following him there and then you knew him when he wrote to the Corinthians and you knew him when he wrote to the Ephesians and finally when he wrote to Timothy. If you had been following him all that time you would have grown in humility too because Paul was following Jesus and if you follow someone who's following someone else guess what (laughs) you're going to end up where that first person is Whoever is at the front of the line it doesn't matter if you're standing behind Gene or if you're standing behind me or if you're standing behind Pat or whoever you're standing behind if we're all following the same guy at the front of the line we're all going to be headed to the same direction right That's how it works. And that's what Paul was saying. Follow me as I follow Jesus. We learn from the Apostle Paul's example that those learning to serve in humility are those finding life eternally. So why wouldn't you want to follow them? Why wouldn't you want to follow their lead? Follow them as they follow Jesus because those learning to serve in humility, those amongst us that you can identify and say... I can see God at work in them because they're serving other people in humility. They're, they're quick to think about what other people need. They're not self-absorbed all the time. They're, their mind is on other people's interests as well. And they're quick to give of themselves, to be generous with their time, their effort, and their money, all those things. Those who are serving in humility, they're the ones finding life eternally. Isn't that what Paul described? That Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm the worst. That he did this so that Christ Jesus might display his immense patience for an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. He said, my life's an example for anyone who would receive eternal life. Do what I've been doing. Put off the old self. Put off your selfish self the self that wants to be served all the time and take up Jesus' way of life and begin to serve others. Begin to think about someone else and you'll be on your way to finding that kind of life that is eternal. We've talked the last two weeks about how to find life and that it's found in Jesus and spending time with Jesus that so you find life there. And we talked last week about sharing life and how that life that we find in Jesus is experienced in relationship with other people, especially other people who are also finding that life. And this week is really an extension of that. If you want to find life in Jesus, you're going to be serving somebody because that's the Jesus way. In a letter that we didn't look at today, the Apostle Paul described the Jesus whom he was following. And whom we're all ultimately following. Have the same mindset. As Christ Jesus who. Being in very nature God did not consider equality with God. Something to be used to his own advantage. But instead made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant. This is the one we follow. Amen? Amen. The one who. It's the greatest of the great is the one who took the servant's towel and went around and washed his disciples' feet and said, Do as I have done. And that same one, that same Lord of heaven and earth humbled himself to the point of a cross to take that cross for you and for me and to carry it up to that hill where he died and laid down his life. And the road... The road to the resurrection life that Jesus experienced always comes through a cross that you and I have to bear as well. Our cross may not look like Jesus' cross, but we each have some cross to bear. Something in our lives to deny. Deny yourself, Jesus said, and take up your cross and follow me. If you want to find life, serve somebody. Deny yourself enough to get your eyes off of what's going on in your life for a minute and think about what's going on in your neighbor's life. What do they need? How can you serve the Lord and how can you serve the church and how can you serve your neighbor? These things have to be on the mind of the person following Jesus or you're following something else. Those learning to serve in humility are those finding life eternally. I want to talk to you real fast about two ways. Two ways that you could put this, or at least maybe this would help you put this into action and to grow in this area of your life. And the first is a a long-term thing. But it starts by looking around and seeing who is a good example of this, that you know. Who do you know that's following Jesus well by serving others as Jesus taught us to? They don't have to be perfect. But someone you know is growing in this. Surely you know someone who loves the Lord and you can see that there's a change taking place in their life. And over the times that you've known them, there's just something about their spirit. They're thoughtful of others. They're quick to serve. I'll tell you something. They're following Jesus. They're following Jesus. And so that's the kind of person that you want to watch. Remember what the Apostle Paul said. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Find someone following the example of Christ. Look, we're all, we all need to be fixing our eyes on Jesus first and foremost because He's the one. He's the example. And so we need to be in our word and we need to be praying. We need to be meditating and thinking about what was Jesus like? What did He do? How did He live His life? We need to ha- be thinking about that. But sometimes it, it helps to see some flesh and blood examples around us as well of someone who's gone On down the road a little further than we have. And so look around for someone who excels in this area. Look around for someone who who does great at serving and follow their example. Be inspired by their example. So maybe there's someone today that you could just uh, you may already have someone coming to your mind. Or you could just spend a few moments and think: who do I know? Who do I know in my friends, in my family, at my job, in my church? Who do I know that does a great job at this? And make a point to start watching what they do and figuring out how you can kind of follow their example as they follow the example of Christ. It helps sometimes just to see someone living it out, to give you ideas of how you can live it out. And so that's my first bit of advice for us today is let's follow someone who follows Jesus well in this and the second thing is this practice practice serving and practice secrecy there's certain things we can discipline ourselves with just like just like if you're uh, learning to be a great weightlifter let's say you want to lift like, a ton of weight You want to be one of those guys with, you know, muscles everywhere. If that was you, you'd develop a strategy, right? You'd develop some practices, some activities that you would do on a regular basis. You'd decide, look, I'm doing this many reps at this weight. And, you know, like you'd map it all out. How you're going to get there from point A to point B. Well, our Christian faith is not so different from anything else that we want to achieve in life. If you want to become more like Jesus, you need a strategy. What you're going to do, what practices you're going to engage in, how are you going to develop those muscles that you need to follow Jesus? And so, one of those things that you can discipline yourself in is serving, schedule it. I know we all want to get to the point where it just comes natural to us. But to get there, you've got to probably make a point to just do it, put it on the calendar. Say, I'm going to serve this person in this way this week. (laughs) I'm going to do something. I'm going to serve the church in this way. I'm going to serve the Lord in this way. I know this person, has my neighbor has a need. I'm just going to take care of it this week. But make it happen. Schedule it. And, And here's the other discipline that Christians have practiced for a long time. It doesn't mean that everything you do has to be in secrecy, but practice secrecy sometimes do something for someone and do it so that they don't know who did it do it so that no one knows who did it so that you can be sure not to get a bunch of credit for it right so you don't get a pat on the back you did it because you have a servant's heart because you want a servant's heart maybe that's more accurate sometimes we just want to have a pure heart but we're not there yet. You know, There's part of us that we kind of like that pat on the back. But we want to make sure that we're serving for the right reasons. Because you can serve in pride or you can serve in humility. There's people who serve in pride. Some of them are called politicians. Hmm. You can serve in pride. That's not the Jesus way. So we practice serving sometimes in secrecy so that no one gets the credit except God. We, we slip some money in an envelope and make sure it gets to the person that needs it without a name attached. We mow their yard while they're at work. Get creative. You do their job for them at work, just don't tell them who did it. Come up to the church while no one's around and you pick the weeds out of the flower bed. No one even notices, but it got done. The Lord notices. This is what I challenge you with this week. First, find someone who's doing a good job of this kind of thing and follow their example as they follow Christ. And second, make a plan today. How you can serve somebody and how you can do it in secret where only the Lord gets the credit. And when we practice that and we practice that and we practice that in our life, I believe that the Holy Spirit will grow a new heart in you. I believe that the Holy Spirit will see the desire of your heart to have that servant's heart like Jesus. Even though you don't have it right now and there's a part of you that craves the the attention, it just wants somebody to serve you sometimes, right? There's a part of you that, that wants that and yet I think the Holy Spirit, when we step out in faith and begin to practice the things that Jesus practiced, even when we aren't feeling it, that he honors that and supplies the grace and the power that's needed to begin to transform our heart so that I don't know maybe over a 10 year period like Paul your heart gets transformed from where you're at now to a place where you don't mind whether you ever get credit you're going to think of others
0: as well as yourself because That's the Jesus way.